Thank you for joining us. The Dacus Report is on the air to defend your religious freedom, your parental rights, and other civil liberties. And now, with the latest information, is your host, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. We have with us here uh, constitutional law attorney Michael Peffer, who also also heads up the Southern California Office for Pacific Justice Institute. Yeah. Uh, Michael, uh, there's a, a lawsuit that claims that mask mandates uh, violate the free exercise rights and establishment clause um, of religion. Right. Um, tell me about this lawsuit. Does yeah. this does this have a a good chance of prevailing? Or uh, let's let's w- what's it really yeah. all about? Let's talk about what's it, what it's about first. Well, first of all, I can understand the frustration of many parents uh, that they they don't want their kids to have to go to school or uh, you know or pe- even adults to have to wear masks everywhere they go. Uh, so I, I understand the issue, uh, but the issue here in this complaint is. Um, that she says that it's against her religion to do this. Many people argue it's a medical issue with wearing it, and and I'm we we have talked to people that have these same uh, these same kind of beliefs, but she she raises some interesting things in the complaint which make it a little bit interesting. I'm not saying it's it's will destroy her case, but it's interesting things like. Um, non-medical masks have been used since ancient times in pagan uh, religious ceremonies to ward off evil spirits and prevent illness. Now, of note, and this is something we tell our clients all the time, the, the court cannot really look to the substance of the belief. They can't say, oh, that's hogwash. But they can say, are you really sincere? And that's where things like this might kind of be you know go south a little bit because if they could say hey are you are you really sincere about this and um and i don't know whether at the end of the day whether that works out i i think that you know i'm, I'm we're talking a 128 page complaint we only have we have a few excerpts from it but it's 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 questionable i i don't know that they'll prevail on these issues with yeah. the mask wearing so she's making a religious claim yes not against the vaccine which I think is much easier to do. I agree. But she's making it against wearing the mask. This is an employee situation or a student situation? Uh, this is a, I think this is a, a person just simply from the general rules of the CDC and other states regarding wearing masks, okay. being required to wear masks in certain places. Okay, so uh, she's making this objection to having to wear masks because of her <laughs> sincerely held religious beliefs. Yeah. Uh, you know, once again, it's not a question of whether or not her beliefs are ones that you agree with or I agree with. Exactly. It's whether or not it comes coming across as sincere. Yes. And or is this just someone who's just being belligerent and trying to come up with some excuses, uh, pulling it from here, there, and everywhere to out of history to justify her beliefs not yeah. to have to wear a mask. Yeah, and and the thing that makes this a little tricky is that what she's saying is that the state is essentially creating a, a mask religion with the mask uh, to the the mask deity she calls it, and so I think that will interfere with the credibility. Uh, it just seems to me that if, if you're you're saying that the state is trying to establish a religion by doing this. I think that's a tough argument to make, uh, yeah. given the facts that we know right now. They may be 
idiots. They may do things we don't like, but I don't know that you can say that there's a mass deity being created by the CDC. Uh, I think that's the the sincerity issue may go awry. Yeah, I know there's there's definitely people out there who see the the mass as a demonic movement, um, that it's destructive, that Satan's using it uh, to destroy America, to bring people against people. I mean, I see the spiritual dimension clearly. Sure, but a mass deity, I, yeah. I don't know. It's gonna be that's gonna be a tough one. I think. I think it's a tough case. But it's interesting to take note of that the fact that she is uh, t- taking the make you know making this attempt. If people do want to make a claim uh, for religious exemption of against wearing masks under yes. their First Amendment free exercise clause arguments. Um, they they ha- what how would they go about doing that if they're going to have a claim that is in any way meritous? Uh, I'm trying to f- f- yeah. f- figure out how I can see medical exemption grounds for something like that. Maybe yeah. someone has respiratory issues. Uh, a mask would not work. A, a face shield would work, but a mask wouldn't. They have a mm-hmm. doctor behind them. I get that. Yeah. But for religious exemption, uh, I'm trying to in my mind sort of wrap it around this this concept of applying religious exemption to mass, it seems like that's much more difficult. I think you're right. I, I agree with you. It, it is much more difficult. I've heard people uh, say things that, you know, for instance, scriptures that deal with, um, you know, the, the, the faces, you know, the, what God feels about our faces and our image. And, and, and that, so I've, I've seen people make the arguments um, and 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 I I'm a, look people want to make those arguments that's fine I I'm not their I'm not their theologian but um but what I am I, I say look if you are going to make arguments that make it look like you're just pulling it out of out of whole cloth and and it has no real basis in religion mm-hmm. that's going to be a problem with this and and this particular case seems to be that that kind of case now I, I think this is a good time to talk about what a lot of people seem to get a little confused in this. So we have our constitutional rights. We have freedom, right? It it wouldn't necessarily have to be religious freedom, but we do have freedoms. And a lot of people object to the mask requirements on the fact, Hey, we're free people. We we're free citizens. We should not be told like a nanny what the, um, what we ought to do by the state. But that's different from making an argument based on sincerely held religious beliefs. Um, and I, I think some people want to mix the two. That, that we, I have this general freedom that's given by our, the Constitution, by God even. And, but I don't know that that's a religious belief. I think it's hard to make into a religious belief. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. So uh, people need to, to think this through. They need to... Um, maybe have some other people look at it before they yeah. submit these kinds of uh, requests or lawsuits. What about uh, the temporary straining order that was issued uh, in another court case yeah. uh, requiring a university soccer team uh, to ha- at the Western Michigan University uh, to grant religious exemptions from the vaccine mandate? Now, yeah. we're not talking about masks. We're talking That's about right. vaccines now. That's right. This case, uh, it's, it's a victory. I agree uh, for uh, the, the plaintiffs. What, what's involved in this case? Uh, how do they make their how do they make their case, and um, and why did the court go the way that they did? Yeah, well, we're seeing a lot of this where 
sports uh, coaches are saying to these students at state universities here in California, we're seeing a lot of it and other places as well. But what they effectively say is, look, we can't make this safe for you and therefore you must be vaccinated. So there's no way to make it safe for everybody else. Now, obviously, they, that I think they have a duty to at least make some colorable attempt to 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 meet somebody's sincerely held religious belief, um, and frankly, I, I think that the evidence is is pretty shaky about the fact that they can't make this safe, because <laughs> if there's only one person on the team that doesn't get vaccinated, everybody else is vaccinated presumably, and so. But yeah. what the court here said is you can't do that. You can't just simply say, nope, we're not granting any religious objections. And I'm glad to hear that because we're, we're seeing a lot of places do say that. This is really <laughs> significant uh, for people to understand this because there's a big difference between private colleges yes. that have tremendous leeway in deciding whether they're going to require vaccines, yeah. allow for religious exemption or not, versus public college universities. We're talking all the way down to junior colleges. Yeah. State universities, UC, you know, University of California or, you know, you know, major publicly funded universities uh, across America, they're all bound by the First Amendment and specifically the free exercise clause requirement. And, and arguably that that they have to these universities have to show uh, a compelling state interest yeah. that's narrowly mm -hmm. tailored to the most least restrictive means of furthering that compelling state interest. So they claim that there's a safety, a compelling interest safety issue here. Right. Uh, first off, that could be attacked. Sure. Because we're talking about people in college. Mm -hmm. They don't have a significant, <clears throat> meaningful risk of dying from COVID no more than they do from the, the common flu, statistically. Agreed. So Agreed. I think that's bogus. That's baloney. Uh, but then it, they have to show that's, yeah, that their restrictions, the most least restrictive means possible, this doesn't make sense either. Yeah. Because in an athletic competition, uh, oftentimes it's outside. Even the CDC acknowledges that when you're outside, there's not a, a mm -hmm. risk here unless you're all clanned together. Yes. You know, in a, in a tight circle, you know, with, I don't know, on a beach with beer all close together doing right. something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, otherwise, outside is safe. You don't need to weave more masks outside. Yeah. And I think this you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and, and the, you raise a great point to keep this in mind with the Constitution does not apply really to a private business. It applies to government action. So the, the Constitution says the state, it restrains the state from having too much power over our lives. So if it's a state school, then the constitutional, as you said, the constitution applies to them and we can make these constitutional arguments. It's much more difficult and way more nuanced, for instance, with private entities that you can do things like the, the public accommodation laws may be helpful there if there's a, a religious practice, but it's much dif more difficult uh, than it is if you have a state university or a state actor, as we call it in constitutional right. law. So. Uh, the bottom line for people out there, they need to know, is that if they're dealing with a public university, whether it's a junior college, a state school, you know, whatever, it's, if it's publicly funded, government funded university, then people have, students have rights for religious exemption. That's right. It's, you cannot have a public university lawfully, constitutionally say, 
Everyone has to be vaccinated. We don't care about your religious beliefs. Exactly. There's no religious exemption. They can't get away with that. And if they try it, they can be assured that Pacific Justice Institute right. will be happy to challenge them in court yeah. and defend anyone without charge who, are, who happens to be in that situation. They're in a private university. They have to either look at the rules and they need to uh, you know, try to be accommodated uh, as best they can yeah. with that, that school. The good news, I think, is what I've discovered is private universities um, are actually pretty accommodative. Yeah, especially the the more the more committed Christian the university, the more accommodative they are, right? And and rational and and reasonable and level headed about the matter. Yeah, we've seen that, and 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 it's really important. This this whole thing makes it really important. I think this is something that that people need to hear, and that's that be careful where you're getting your advice on these matters. Uh, be careful about uh, there's a lot of stuff online, for instance, and they, they create far overreaching uh, declarations that people submit. And it doesn't work. It, it, it doesn't work. And, and that's why, look, on our website, PGI.org, uh, our website, you can go through. It'll take you through the process to write your own. And we recommend you write your own. When we return, we're going to uh, talk about at least 5,100 Christians uh, who've been rescued uh, in Afghanistan uh, by not the government, not the Biden administration, uh, but by a ministry. We're also going to talk about how Christians are vastly outperforming private schools and why, as well as uh, a mom who has decided to sue um, and uh, the teachers union and what the teachers union has done and in their response We'll be return right after this. Pacific Justice Institute is here for you. Defending faith, family, and freedom all without charge. We're almost entirely supported by concerned individuals like you who believe in our work. We invite you to prayerfully consider joining our support team by making a one-time donation or becoming a monthly financial support partner. Visit our website at pji.org and join our team today. Welcome back. I'm Brad Dacus, president and founder of Pacific Justice Institute. Michael, uh, what's happened in Afghanistan has been a, just a major tragedy. Uh, people on both sides of the aisle actually are calling it out as, as, a, as a tragedy. Yeah. Um, every, you know, I think just about everyone except the, the president and his uh, secretary of defense have acknowledged that it's, a, it's been a tragedy. Yeah. Uh, and yet there are so many people who are being left behind so many Christians yeah. being left behind. There are like 70,000 who were rescued. Almost yeah. overwhelming majority of those were, were Muslims. They weren't Christians. Right. There were a lot of Christians, thousands being left behind. Well, there's some good news that we've un- uncovered yeah. of some Christians who were rescued, not because of the government, <laughs> but in spite of the government neglecting them. What happened? Yeah, this is really wonderful. Uh, Glenn Beck uh, has a, a, a an organization, a, a nonprofit known as the Nazarene Fund, and and that is an organization that helps uh, to seeks to help persecuted Christians. Um, and that group organized and worked out a couple of um, some airlifts. They saved fifty one hundred people that were uh, um, Christians, at least, that's what their numbers say. Uh, but it, so this is really amazing you know, that they went in there when it was when there was a lot of turmoil, but they proposed, hey, look, we're going to go in, we're going to take care of, 
And I understand Samaritan's Purse has done a very similar thing. Get people out of there. And it really is the church. It really is a wonderful sp statement about the church in these difficult times when we've got a leader that appears to be bumbling and not really understanding what he's doing. Yeah, I, I, Samaritan's Purse is doing a, a great job as well. Yeah. Um, that's an organization that I, I think if someone wanted to support helping those, and in, in, uh, I think that's a great organization yeah. uh, to give to uh, Samaritan's Purse. But this is a great work too. And uh, we're looking here at 5,100 Christians. Now we know that the executions have already started. Yes. It's that. indisputable now. Yeah. They've already, the <laughs> Taliban has already started executing, hanging, um, it's it's happening as we speak. Yeah. People who are left behind and Christians are solid targets. Uh, I think there's, we're going to see a lot of martyrdom. Uh, it's taking place as we speak. So when we see Christians being bold and courageous and deciding to go in there uh, on their own uh, and rescue people uh, like this, these Christians, I think it's it's so encouraging. Um, a lot of these people, as I understand, who are doing the rescuing are like our ex, our veter ex veterans. That's what I, I mean. Understand. So these are veterans. So they've yeah. they've served. They're in the military. They're not in the military, but they're going in. They they're trained. They're skilled. Yeah. And they don't have to worry about a commander in chief who wants to just have everyone bunker down in the airport. Right. And then and then mm -hmm. leave. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was it was so disheartening to see how you know how the British and the French, they had no problem. Right. You know, leaving the airport, going out there uh, with their commandos, rescuing the British, rescuing the French, rescuing people from their country, the exactly. citizens. And we stayed bunkered down in an airport in a city that was very problematic instead of the major base that we just gave up. Yes. So there's so many problems that, that took place that did not have to take place that, and uh, I'm convinced would not have taken place had President Trump. Uh, been, been on top of this. Oh, so it was absolutely. a whole uh, article that talked about um, how President Trump actually had laid out how it was to be done, right. conditional. Um, had the, the Taliban started to invade like they were doing, all bets would have been off. And uh, and the Taliban knew that right. uh, with, with Trump in the White House. So hats off to uh, Glenn Beck's group for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to the others right now who, as we speak, are engaging in these kind of rescue efforts. Yeah, and this is a really, it's a terrible stain on uh, the American people that this has gone on. And uh, and we, we see this man, uh, for instance, you mentioned Trump's plan. His plan was get him out in May. Well, May is not their fighting season. Their fighting season is right now when, we, when Biden decided to stick with the, so he wants to blame it on Trump. It's not going to go, but good news that we have organizations like this and others that are standing up for the gospel. And and we also work with uh, people that are, are persecuted for their faith as well. Yeah. And, and I know and I Trump is someone who when he makes an agreement. Yeah. If the other side flinches, um, all bets are off. Exactly. That's how he does things. Yeah. And so I just. Dang it! I wish I wish he was in the White House. Yeah. How many lives would have been saved? How many people would not be killed and martyred right now? Yeah, uh, without his strong leadership. But it is what it is. Now, let's talk about what to do. What happens to uh, those who are coming to this country? Say they're they're Christians or Jews from this uh, very adamant Muslim country. Yes. Uh, 
are they just guaranteed the ability to stay here? Uh, or do they need to uh, have someone protect their ability to stay here? And what is PJI doing specifically? Right. And it, it, it's difficult, especially since when you consider the fact that there's a lot of people coming in through our southern border who are claiming asylum and they're not entitled to asylum, but it clogs up the system. Because they don't have real religious asylum cases exactly. or political asylum. Exactly. These are bogus lies 99.99% of them are doing. Yes. Uh, and in desperation to get across the border so they can make money and have a higher standard of living. Yeah. Okay, I get that. It'd be nice if they could do it respectfully and right. honestly with integrity. I think the way Christians should do things. Yeah. Uh, not breaking the law like that. Uh, and, and yet here in Afghanistan... We have people coming who have real legitimate claims for religious asylum. Absolutely. They, yes. Their lives are on the line. Yeah. Many are being killed right now. They're being killed right now. So those individuals, we at Pacific Justice, I know, are defending people who are seeking religious asylum yes. to keep them from being sent back to a Muslim country or a communist country where we know, based on the facts, they are more likely than not going to be persecuted killed because yeah. of their faith and and we this isn't just um well, well we'll we'll do a couple things for you and then we'll just back off and let you handle it no we stay with the case so because of the tremendous delay you know we i've got a case that has been around for like four years but we're staying with that case and we're, we're going to work until this person gets approved in their asylum claim and and that's what uh, I'm so thankful for be, as yourself and our board decided, look, we've got to do something for these people that are being persecuted outside the country and we can do the asylum issue. That's we right. Can and, and we and we once again, we only take on those cases that are real, legit, religious asylum cases, exactly. not the yeah. bogus ones coming from south of the border. Right. Uh, I, we have one case from El Salvador as a pastor. He preached against the cartel. And he was seeing people come to Christ, leaving the cartel, coming to Jesus. Yes. And they put the death squad out for him. And we're protecting him from being sent back to El Salvador, That's which would right. be, be tragic. Uh, but as a general rule, but, but, but we are committed to making sure just those who are true religious, religious asylum cases are being protected. And uh, I know we're going to be probably busy uh, defending a lot of the Christians and the Jews who are coming from Afghanistan, yeah. uh, not wanting to be sent back. Uh, to a uh, certain death or likely death. So Indeed. Um, let's hope and pray that that uh, they'll get to this country safely. Yeah. Um, Christian schools vastly are outperforming public schools amid the pandemic. Now, we all know, Michael, that it's a given pretty much statistically that private schools do better than public schools. Yeah. That's why public school teachers are much more likely to have their children in a private school. That's right. Because they know yeah. how inferior public education is, you know, all in all, compared to private schools. That's right. Um, that said, the statistics have become even more skewed, even more exaggerated, the That's difference right. between private and public because of the pandemic. Why? Well, and and indeed, the, the, the unions have been, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, the unions have been intransigent. They have said, hey, we're not going back to school. Last year, we're not going back to school. We're not going to go back and start classes again. Whereas the private schools, particularly the Christian schools, went back much sooner. And so, look, all the time lost from the classroom settings 
that's lost time. Those are our kids who are getting an inferior education. And uh, the, the time is relatively short. You, you only do fourth grade once. And if you miss out the things in the fourth grade, now you're, comp you're crippled for the fifth grade. So this is something that we cannot do. And it's really good news to hear that what we've been talking about all along, that the Christian schools have uh, been superior in the way they have delivered their education, in their refusal to be, um, you know, or their, their ability to not be uh, kowtowed, cowing to the unions, and uh, just really have done a great job. And, and it's, it's helped uh, these students a lot. Yeah, it really has. 80% uh, of Christian school parents are satisfied with their children's experiences. Well, only 55% of parents with kids in public schools are satisfied. The study also revealed, though, that 41% of public school parents are unsatisfied with their child's education during COVID. I think this especially applies in the inner city. I agree. In school districts like the LA Unified School District, yeah. uh, where the teachers' unions, you know, as you said, says, oh, we, we don't want to work. Uh, we're going to use this as a bargaining chip where, to get other perks and benefits. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's disgraceful. It's infuriating. Who would want? Those kind of people, those kind of teachers teaching their kids. Yeah. I, I think that's sick. Private schools, for teachers to teach in private schools, they have, usually have a lower pay, lower benefits, but they're there because they truly are convicted to care about the education and welfare of children. Well, folks, there you have it. It's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms. Thank you for listening in today. To find out more about the Pacific Justice Institute or the Dacus Report, call 916-857-6900 or log on to pacificjustice.org.